Hey everyone, this is Dave, just prefacing the brand new episode of Anyone for Seconds with just a very quick word of warning. The following episode will contain very strong language, sexual references, and frank discussions of violence towards women. If you think you may be offended by these things, probably worth giving this one a skip. And now, without further ado, here is the special Valentine's Day episode of Anyone for Seconds. Enjoy! Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the podcast that looks back at albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I am your host, Dave. Are we feeling sexy? Do you think I'm sexy? Either way, this is technically our Valentine's Day special and we're going to be taking a look at the movie adaptation of the super sexy Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm already tenting. Mr. Gray, I just have a couple of questions. To what do you owe your success? There's some people who say that I don't have a heart. Why would they say that? Because they know me well. Why do I get the feeling that that is not true? You have to admit he's ridiculously hot. If you are attracted to that sort of human, the hot type of human, at a rough start in life, I don't do romance. Welcome to my world. Mother, Anastasia Steele. You have no idea how delighted I am to meet you. You said you didn't do romance. I don't. What are you doing to me? Where have you been? Waiting. Uh-oh. Why this one, then? In a similar vein to Sex and the City 2, I've actually seen this one. Not the cinema though, but rather on Blu-ray not long after its release. I was aware of not only the book series, but how sexually explicit they are and the film adaptations. Seeing as it's Valentine's Day today, I thought perhaps it's time I gave this another look. Is it as awful as everyone made it out to be? I promised it last time, and this time I'm not going to leave you disappointed. I'm going to leave you breathless with my st- Diff. Firm. Context dump. Let us start with humble beginnings. Did you know that Fifty Shades of Grey starting out life as a Twilight fanfiction? Yes, that Twilight. With all the sparkly vampires and such. Believe it or not, Fifty Shades of Grey was originally titled Master of the Universe and was published on various fanfiction websites in 2009. Uploaded by a user called Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. It would transpire that this user was called E.L. James. James would later notice that there were comments calling out the rather raunchy material. Eventually, James took down this literature, rewriting it and renaming all of the Twilight characters to original characters. This new version of Master of the Universe was longer and now split into three parts, each with the now familiar Fifty Shades titles. It was originally available to download as an ebook and print-on-demand paperback book in May 2011, before being picked up by Vintage Books for a larger worldwide release in 2012. Due to the absolute smash hit of this small, little-known book series that reinvigorated the erotic fiction genre, it was inevitable that a film adaptation would be on the way. Following bids by Warner Brothers, Sony, 
and Paramount, the rights were won by Universal Pictures and Focus Features in March 2012 for an undisclosed sum. It wouldn't be until the next year, May 2013, that we would find out that Sam Taylor Johnson was announced to be directing, from a short list of directors including Angelina Jolie, Steven Soderbergh, Patty Jenkins, an actual Twilight movie director, Bill Condon, and even Gus Van Sant. Let us just imagine, right now, a Gus Van Sant Fifty Shades film. Wow. September 2013, and we get our casting of the two main players, Charlie Hunnam and Dakota Johnson playing Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele, respectively. Wait, Charlie Hunnam? That's right, Jax from Sons of Anarchy was originally cast as Mr. Grey. However, Hunnam left the role the following month due to scheduling conflicts with Sons of Anarchy. Enter Jamie Dornan, who stepped in to wear the infamous grey tie. Production started in December 2013 and ended in February 2014, with various reshoots and pickups taking place in October 2014, before being unleashed into the world Valentine's weekend of 2015. Before we talk numbers though, shall we talk about the fact that director Sam Taylor Johnson regrets making this film? I feel like this is important to truly understand what happened with this film. Taylor Johnson was originally attached to direct the three films in the franchise, Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed. As when the rights were sold and attained those many years ago, it was for all three books as a whole and not just the one. Having one director and all three films makes sense creatively for an overarching visual style and tone. However, this did not happen. Instead, she dropped out after making this original film. Why? In an interview with the Sunday Times in 2017, she was quoted as saying, with the benefit of hindsight, would I go through it again? Of course I wouldn't. I'd be mad. It was a struggle and there were lots of onset tete-a-tetes with me trying to bat it into the right place. I like everyone, and I get really confused when they don't like me. I was so confused by E.L. James. I don't understand when I can't navigate a person, when there's no synergy. In a further unrelated interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Taylor Johnson was quoted as saying about E.L. James, her vision versus mine. They were polar opposites. Every scene was fought over. Blimey, this bodes well for our watch-along. Moving on now. Surely they can't adapt all of the sex and filth in mainstream cinema. That would be mad. Well, this time, porn has got you covered. Smash Pictures, yeah, I know, announced in June 2012 that they would be adapting the best-selling series under the name Fifty Shades of Grey, a XXX parody. Oh, for God's sake, I can't believe I'm doing this. The producer of these films, Stuart Hall, stated that the films will stay very true to the book and its SM-themed romance, as well as writing the script to be as close to the series as they can get. They would have done it if Smash Pictures hadn't have got slapped with a massive injunction by Universal Pictures. This injunction states, A quickly and cheaply produced pornographic work is likely to cause plaintiffs irreparable harm by poisoning public perception of the Fifty Shades trilogy and the forthcoming Universal films. Essentially, Universal sought damages and profits from the film that Smash Pictures were about to produce. Smash's next move? Issue a countersuit saying, 
On information and belief, as much as 89% of the content of the allegedly copyright materials grew out of a multi-part series of fan fiction called Masters of the Universe based on Stephanie Meyer's Twilight novels. On this information and belief, this content was published online between 2009 and 2011 in various venues, including fanfiction.net. Essentially, Smash Pictures claimed that Fifty Shades of Grey was public domain because it started life as a fan fiction. Ballsy move by the porn company. Sadly, it didn't go their way and were denied the money shot as they settled out of court, giving Universal Pictures an undisclosed amount of money and halted promotion and production of any other Fifty Shades based film. My internet history is now cursed from researching all of this wonderful things. Fifty Shades of Grey opened the 13th of February 2015 on 3,646 screens across the US. It made a staggering $85 million on opening weekend alone. Against its initial budget of around $40 million, I think it's safe to say that this was an unprecedented success. It would go on to take nearly $570 million worldwide during its theatrical run, even though Fifty Shades... Oh, uh, sorry. I mean Fifty Shades of Grey made all of the money. It was met with mostly negative reviews. The film currently sits at an eye-watering 24% on review website Rotten Tomatoes and has a score of 46 on review aggregate website Metacritic. Gregory Wakeman from Cinema Blend states... The film lacks any of the raunch or controversy promised, as it is instead tiresome, banal, and as thinly plotted as a porno. His score was 1.5 out of 5. Kate Moyer from the Times newspaper gave the film a 2 out of 5, stating, Think Worlds of Interiors meets the little book of bondage, and you may get the picture, which starts out hilarious, becomes ludicrous, and finally dubious. Amy Nicholson from LA Weekly said that the only thing Dakota Johnson can't pull off is her character's overdramatic name. She introduces herself as Anastasia Steele like an apology. And finally, Richard Corliss from Time magazine said of the film, sometimes intelligent, often cuddlesome, and ultimately bland. You probably need a synopsis now, right? Okay, thanks to IMDb for this one. Literature student Anastasia Steele life changes forever when she meets handsome yet tormented billionaire. Christian Grey. Now, with all of this in mind, shall we ask that sexy question that is guaranteed to make you aroused? Anyone for seconds? Let's join the rewatch now. Okay. Here we go. It's Fifty Shades of Grey time. So, as I've previously said in my context dump, I have seen this before, but I've only seen it the once. My history with Fifty Shades of Grey is very, very simple. I've always been acutely aware... Well, not even acutely. I've always been aware of the books from when they were released in the... I want to say, like I said, it was about 20... 12 2013 possibly when they were originally kind of released in the big reissue editions so i had an ex who would who absolutely loved these books and that's how i became aware of them and obviously the kind of whole media 
boom that basically happened because of it because of um erotic fiction and erotica and things like that coming back in in such a big way due in fact to 50 shades of gray see because if you said erotica to me before or erotic fiction i might have thought of stuff like mills and boom books very very old kind of 1950s 1960s style kind of pulpy romance love fiction kind of thing so i distinctly remember the first time i ever actually heard about the fact that the 50 shades of gray were actually based off of a based off of a twilight fanfic i actually remember going online and trying to search up and find this original fanfiction and i did find it it took it took me a while i'm not gonna lie i'm not necessarily proud of myself that day about how long it took to find the original fanfiction and i think i got maybe one two chapters in and i just continually thought this is just so awfully written just so I don't claim to be a writer of any kind of well I don't even claim to be a writer to be let's be honest but even the way it read and things like that I'm not really one to read fiction or just in general actually but I could tell that just the way it's been written it was just wow not a good writing start. And the fact it went on and sold like millions, millions of copies and sparked this bidding war before, the film rights just absolutely boggles the mind. It's quite interesting when we first meet these two characters here of Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson. How kind of similar they look in part to... Uh, the two main characters from Twilight. That's kind of eerie. Now I know I probably didn't mention it in the context dump, but when I was doing the reading and the research for the context dump, I believe the studios were actually originally looking at casting uh, Robert Pattinson and God, I can't even think of a name. I always used to call her Ham Sandwich because she couldn't act in those Twilight films. Uh, you're going to have to bear with me for a moment. While I um do the research live on the podcast, hang on. Sorry, it was Kristen Stewart, ham sandwich, as she was um, as we used to affectionately call her. <laughs> so I saw this once on the Blu-ray when it originally came out. I think I even ended up buying it for my ex. Think possibly citation needed. Fragment consider revising. But like I say, I only watched it the once, and, and once was enough for me. I always remember though kind of when it was originally announced to be in production and things like that i thought with its kind of smutty nature and things how can they adapt it into a hollywood feature movie while keeping it quote unquote true to the books given it's all to do with bdsm and bondage and that kind of side of it and quite explicit sex I always thought it would have been more suited to porn, 
which is why it makes me laugh about the fact that that, that Smash Pictures, whatever they were called, actually tried to make it. Make a version of this before obviously Universal got slapped down with, slapped them with many, many different lawsuits and, and, and such. It kind of boggles the mind, really. Because I'm going to be honest, porn probably would have done this film right. As controversial as a statement as that might be. Because at least then you could kind of get all the SM stuff right and it would be. Anyway. I'm, I'm digressing. It would definitely be a lot closer to the book with the sex scenes and such, but I just think the rest of the acting would be ropey. Although I suppose if you've got actors or, you know, who actually cared, it's... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of going off on one here. So we're in the store where Anastasia works and Mr. Grey has just walked in and is buying cable ties, rope, masking tape... Now, I know at this point, we know, we don't know what... It, if you don't follow the books or you don't know about the films, you don't necessarily know about his secret red room, a.k.a. his secret horny sex room. At this point, you're kind of thinking he is just like a serial killer? What the hell? The, you know, masking tape, zip ties, rope. It's a bit... Mm, some very strange uh, purchases going on there in a hardware store. Should probably put out several police arrests towards Mr. Grey right now. Also, what the fuck? The other guy comes over again. Oh, is he bothering you? She's clearly working and talking to him as a customer. Now, I work in, I guess, a retail profession. And you have to talk to people, I'm afraid. That's how that's how these things work. What the hell? Why is this other dude sort of stepping on his toes about it? It's like, what the fuck, dude? Just, ugh. The hell. That's the other thing I remember about this film. So Christian Grey's just saved uh, Anastasia from walking into a bicycle. There's lots of face-holding in this. He holds her face a lot and his hands on her face a, a lot. It's weird. It's so odd. It's the thing that honestly sticks out in my mind the most when I think about this film. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have actually seen all of the films. I just want you to think about that. Voluntarily. Uh, again, I didn't see them at the cinema. I, it was after the fact when they were out on the Blu-ray. And I've, I've seen them all. And this is the only one out of the three films where he holds her face. Like, all the time. It's weird. It's creepy. I don't like it. Stop holding her face. That's exactly what I'd be saying now, as well. I know where you are. I'm coming to get... What? What? How How do you know where I am? Why do you know where I am? What? I don't... That's just stalkerish. And all kinds of creepy. And wrong. Especially doing it... 
No, 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 no. It's just weird. It's obsessive. Just no, no. So the guy who she met with with an interview, who she didn't want to do interview with anyway, went for coffee with. Found her at a bar which he didn't know she was at. Took her to a hotel. Because she was drunk. And let her sleep it off. To then leave pills. And orange juice on a table with notes saying eat me, drink me. And he then just casually walks into the room. No. On top of that, he's then got into bed with her, got her undressed into her pyjamas while she's still drunk. Bearing in mind she's only met the dude like two, three times. Fuck off. No. All the alarm bells should be ringing. She should be phoning the police. She should be asking for a restraining order on this dude. Hey, look, seatbelts foreshadowing bondage. I understand that reference. It's a bit um on on the nose there, film. So from what I can kind of tell, is at least Sam Taylor Johnson, the director of this absolute um thing, has tried to inject a little bit of romance into it, so it's not just all pure absolute filth and smart. And do you know what? I'm I'm fine with that. Because it gives the film a new kind of purpose. Is that the wrong word? Is that the right word I want to say? It gives it a new kind of uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It gives it a bit more as more I hasten to use the word substance. And it, considering this is a film we're talking about with fucking bondage and SM, it's a bit, um, yeah. And the face holding starts again. It must be a directorial choice because he does not do this at all in any of the other films except for this one. Again. They want to show kind of fondness and togetherness and things like that, but face holding repeatedly, I don't really think is probably the way to do it. So here we have the first sex scene of the film. There's there's not really a lot I can say. They're 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 gonna have sex. I I guess it's tastefully shot. I mean, it's certainly a damn sight better than the goddamn sex scene in the Watchmen film. Bloody night owl and the silver spectre going at it on on the spaceship with Hallelujah in the background. 
Fucking hallelujah. With fireworks in the background and oh sweet Jesus. That's probably the worst sex film <laughs> sex scene in a film I've ever seen in my life. I mean I guess this is I mean it's kind of tasteful. I I guess um I don't I don't I don't really know. must be a lot of body doubles for this because I refuse to believe that Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan did the majority of their, their, their nude scenes. I mean, let's be honest. And for a guy who says he doesn't make love, he only fucks, this certainly looks like... Um, I'm feeling really awkward talking about this with you guys. My friends, <laughs> I feel more awkward talking about this than I did with the human centipede too. And that has all sorts of ghastly horrors in it. This is just, just sex. <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't know. It must just be because of the way I've been brought up and things. We were kind of taught when we were brought up kind of, the world is a violent place and you know the, the the news and the tv there's there's much worse things on it than they can ever be shown in a film but we're always kind of shielded from sex <laughs> sorry i'm saying that wrong from hex <laughs> so kind of i wasn't really exposed to it on film or even on tv so kind of talking about it now on a podcast while watching a film that is about BDSM is um, an SM is kind of a little bit awkward for me. <laughs> so I apologise in advance. Face holding, I'm a hold your face like a facey holder. Yeah, face holder. I swear to God, the, the majority of this film is just him holding her face. Just face holding, holding faces all the time. Just stop holding her face, man. What a weird directional choice. Because I keep saying it, it doesn't appear in the other films at all whatsoever. I don't understand the logic and reason behind it. That's just odd. The real question is, would Charlie Hunnam have done that? Do you know what? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact that Charlie Hunnam was originally cast in this and then dropped out due to scheduling because of Sons of Anarchy. I can't, I can't argue with his logic and reasoning because I know when I was doing my research, he was initially very, very excited to play the role and, and things like that. But I really think this could have taken a really different direction had he been on board and obviously went through to filming and such it would have been a completely different I don't know he could have bought something a bit more there's nothing wrong with Jamie Dornan I mean he's fine given the material he's been given to work with he's 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 fine he does a fine job it's just unfortunately it's just the materials a little bit um stalkery 
for for lack of a better word and a bit obsessive and it's it's really not yeah I mean, even Dakota Johnson's fine. I know she went, she has gone on and done bigger and better things. The most notable I can think of the top of my head is the Amazon Prime uh, exclusive remake of Dario Argento's Suspiria, which I haven't seen and I'm quite eager to watch it. But it being a remake of a, a well-loved, beloved film from, you know, from Dario Argento, it's just a well-known horror film. I'm, I'm a bit... I'm a bit kind of on, on edge as to whether I want to watch it. Maybe I will watch it at some point, I don't know. I know Tom York does the soundtrack on it. So it might be worth, might be worth a watch, just solely for the soundtrack. I mean, that's basically the reason why I went to see The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The American remake, anyway, because the music was by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Those of you who have heard the episode to do with How to Destroy Angels will kind of know about my uh, my love of him, to be, to be honest. The thing is about... Th th there we go. Fucking hate face-holding again. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, just... What a strange choice. It's like he's going to break a neck or something, but that never does. <sighs> it's been on for an hour. It's a two-hour film. It feels its length. It honestly feels like it's been on longer. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The pacing is just very, very odd. I feel like this introduction... Could have been a lot shorter. Maybe to like 45 minutes or so. There was a lot. There's a lot of extraneous fluff. You know. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's just all very odd. So now we've got onto the infamous. Uh, business meeting scene right here. How is that lighting conducive to. A successful business meeting. I understand the visual flair of it, with it being red and yellow. See, that's a gorgeous shot right there with the pale oranges and yellows in the background with kind of the table and them setting either end of that. It's an absolutely gorgeous shot. Practically, though, I mean, that light, you're not going to be able to read anything on that kind of page. But your body tells me something different. Your legs, for instance. The way you're pressing your thighs together under the table. And the change in your breathing. And then your complexion. My complexion? You're flushed. How can you tell that she is flushed in that lighting? Let's be honest. Again, I've just talked about this. The fact that it's um, all red and such. How, how can you tell? So she's flushed with, with all the red. That's ridiculous. And also him listing off the fact that, oh, your legs are pressed together. Your breathing has changed. That's sociopathic, borderline psychopathic. To notice these these kind of things within somebody else. You know, it's not right. I don't... Ah. 
I'll tell you what I did read a very, very long time ago. Probably not long after this film came out, actually. So these nude scenes where she's, well, Dakota Johnson's nude. Memory serves, they had to CGI out her pubes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. I don't know what the um, thinking is on behalf of, I don't know if that's a BBFC thing. No, no pubis. Or whether that was a conscious... God's sake. Conscious decision by the filmmakers. I don't know, but why they see John Pewter over... Uh, pass. Um, I'm a pass. I mean... This, this whole thing just makes me awkward anyway, because... Yeah, it's a bit. Okay, I know, I know it's a film, and I know it's fantasy, and it's all fiction, and it just makes me feel really awkward. Whether it's because of the glorification of kind of stalkerism and, in a way, kind of abuse, I'm. You know. Remember my mother mentioned dinner? My sister Mia said Very odd. Yeah. Very, very odd. It just feels so very long. Hour 46. Okay. And we've got 20 minutes left. It honestly feels like it's gone on for a lot longer than it should have. I know it's a long book. And again. It doesn't feel like I I, I I honestly have a lot to say at this point in time. Just it just feels very, very long. You know? There's no need for it to be this long. A lot of this could have been trimmed. But again, given that there was a lot of... Creative clashes on set with E.L. James being the writer. With Sam Taylor Johnson and, and things. Just, I can see why... You know, it is the way it is. This is just fucking weird. He's flogging her with the flogger with this really weird angelic chorus music underneath. Um, she's all tied up and bound and blindfolded. It's just weird. What a weird choice. It's, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. It's, it can't be much longer. Gonna need a stiff drink after this. Hey, stiff drink. Hey, hey, get it. Oh, I fucking hate myself.
So here's my most problematic bit of the film, as if the film hasn't been problematic so far, is the fact that he's got upset and wound up overwork. He now wants to punish Anna. It's almost like he wants to basically abuse women. I don't really just... I don't like this. It's just... Ugh. I can't really express how much I, I really don't like this bit. And the fact that he's beating her with a belt, you can tell she's not enjoying it, she's crying, and then he's basically getting sexual feel from it. It's just, it doesn't sit right with me, you know? It's just, yeah. I know some people are into that, you know? Between consenting adults, you can do whatever you like, as long as it's, you know, like I say, as long as it's consenting and it's within, you know, it's not going to hurt or harm anybody. But, you know, it's... He could have turned around and went, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. Namely, the fact that it's sexual gratification and violence towards women. I think it's probably the bit that doesn't sit well with me the most. Because, I mean, you look at a film like, for example, I Spit on Your Grave, where, you know... Our main character in that is, is is ostensibly, you know, humiliated and violated and without getting too in-depth, obviously. And obviously she takes revenge on them. And that's part of the problem why the BBFC kind of had the problem with it, because obviously they had to cut it for the sexual violence towards women and things like that. Whereas in this, it's left in and it's completely intact. And in a way, it's kind of romanticising them, you know? It doesn't sit well with me. Again, I know some people are into S&M, BDSM, um, that kind of thing. I haven't got a problem with that. It's the fact that this is romanticising this film. It is basically romanticising, like, abuse towards women. I don't... Yeah, I just don't. I don't even... Know where to start, to be honest. Well, I don't know really what to say to that. Um, uh, let's just kind of cross back over to Dave for a summation. Uh, yeah. I need a drink. Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm conflicted with you. Part of me likes what you did and the other part doesn't. Let's start with the positives. The cinematography is pretty good. There's certain shots that just look beautiful. They're well constructed and give purpose of what's happening. The boardroom scene discussing the contract is framed with such theatricality. It just takes my breath away. It's such an underrated scene right there, especially with the lighting of that scene. It's just a shame it's about bub plugs and vaginal fisting. The two main leads do a fine job. Dakota Johnson plays the naive Anastasia Steele with curiosity and wonder, while Jamie Dornan plays the tortured businessman Christian Grey with a flair, even if at times he come across as stalkerish, of which the character arguably is. The chemistry they have together is genuine, and you can tell that they were having a good time. Uh, at least they, when they weren't being 
body doubled for the nude scenes. You know what? Everyone is actually doing good work in this. Bravo! It would have been easy to pump up the ham factor with this, but fortunately, no one has. Even if Jamie Dornan does insist on touching Dakota Johnson's face all the time. It's beyond parody how often he does it. I get that Sam Taylor Johnson was trying to push the romance angle, which she does well, but it's a strange directional choice. Speaking of pushing the romance angle, it actually quite works. For a source material that is essentially pure sex, the best thing for this was to push the more human elements front and centre. And it works for the most part. The fun odd main two characters have while on dates, to even the small dance scene in the kitchen, is refreshing. It's such a shame that E.L. James was such a stickler for her source material, because otherwise the films could have benefited more from this. That, however, is to be discussed for another time. Hook and tease, hook and tease. All things considered, though, you've got to praise Taylor Johnson for managing to make this film not just be an orgy of sex, of which I'm quite thankful for, to be honest. The sex scenes are shot somewhat tastefully while still managing to be titillating for the viewer. <laughs> titillating. The direction is solid throughout. It's just a shame that the writing isn't stronger. That's not the fault of the writer of the screenplay, but rather the original source material. Here's my main problem with this film. It kind of glorifies violence towards women, albeit under the guise of BDSM and bondage. In particular, the fact that Anna is initially portrayed as strong-willed to start with, but is essentially manipulated into Grey's way of life. I find this troubling. That is not the fault of the film. Again, it's the source material. The last scene where you can visibly see Christian becoming aroused at the sight of Anna being, I quote, punished with a belt when clearly she was in distress makes for uncomfy viewing. In other films this may have been cut but given the context it makes sense in the narrative. It's not just this scene though, it's any of the sexual scenes. It reeks of women being humiliated. That's not what I'm into. Sex should be a joyous thing, not where one party is sexually gratified due to the other's humiliation. It's an odd experience to see played out on screen. Perhaps Mr. Grey needs to seek a better hobby, given, you know, he's over 200 years old. Y you shut up! A smaller gripe is that this film feels a tad too long. At nearly two hours, it can feel like a bit of a marathon at the halfway point. Two hours can be acceptable for a film, but when it feels long because there is absolutely nothing happening, then I have an issue. The pacing is all over the place as a result. Some parts are just so fast moving, to some points just slowing to a crawl. Ironically, it's the sex scenes that do this. They just stop the film dead. It's just bloody bizarre given that the entire premise of this film is sex. Fans of the book will probably get a kick out of this big screen adaptation. It won't be for everyone. It's not big or clever. But it's certainly a way of spending two hours of your time watching sex without having to wear a raincoat in case of splashback from the money shot at the end. It's fine, but there are far sexier erotic thrillers that are more worth your time. Thanks once again for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? Should I try to find the porn parody and review that next February? Why don't you get in contact? We're on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We're over on Facebook too. Just search for us and you'll find us. Longer rants, considerations, and declarations of love can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com.
Don't forget to leave us a like, rating, review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast and reach more ears. This time, I think I'll leave you with the what-if scenario of what if Gilbert Gottfried read the audiobook version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. Also, happy Valentine's, you filthy animals. Keep still, he orders, and slowly he inserts his thumb inside me, rotating it around and around, stroking the front wall of my vagina. No fisting, you say. Anything else you object to? I agree to the fisting, but I'd really like to claim your ass! Famed voice actor Gilbert Gottfried gives a reading that can only be described as sensual. Holy fuck is this wrong! But holy hell, is it erotic? Let Christian Grey seduce you over and over again through the voice of Gilbert Gottfried. But when he hits my clitoris, I cry out loudly. Oh, please, I groan. Quiet, he orders. Not taking his eyes off mine, he scrunches my panties in his hand, holds them up to his nose, and inhales deeply. <laughs>